Welcome to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And thanks again for joining us here on Talking with Andrew and Chris. It's uh Welcome! <laughs> I love the mic clip there. It's like in those old uh it's like in an old recording. I was actually speaking with our good friend Jeremy, friend of the show, friend of Andrew and I. He's never been on the show, probably never will be on the show, although he's always welcome <laughs> to be on the show. We were talking about you were? Yeah, very briefly about football. Oh, yeah, you saw his Instagram story. It made me chuckle, NFC least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, like that. Pretty good. So, you know, speaking of Jeremy, at Jeremy Rompala, anywhere that matters, um, I, I was talking to him a couple days ago, and we were, he was watching an old movie, a Vincent Price movie, considering Ooh. it is uh, spooky season, the godfather of horror, if you will. Uh, Jeremy was watching an old movie, and he's like, isn't it brilliant how they couldn't fix... The, the clipping and you know the uh the peaking of of gain on certain moments back then but it made it better it made things better <laughs> and nowadays it's people will almost pay for that kind of mix that kind of master on a recording where they'll run it through old outboard hardware gear instead of doing <laughs> the digital route because listen you're telling me it. listen you're telling me that if you're up you're late you're scrolling on your phone late at night you're looking at memes and you come across a meme where it's like Sandstorm by Darude is playing over some insane video of something going on. And like throughout the video gets louder and louder. Then all the way at the end, it's so loud that it's just <laughs> that that's not hilarious. Like you got to peaking is when used correctly. It's a powerful tool. It can be comical, too. I understand that. I, I thought that those memes were pretty funny for a little while when I thought bad music was good, essentially, where it'd be like producers <laughs> and, um, you know, they'd be like, crank this mix up and they'd export it and then they'd export it again and again and it would just be like all in the red and it's such yeah. an incoherable part of the song. But uh, I guess I was more so talking about like a tasteful sort of like Steven Tyler on the high note of Dream On just slightly clips it. And it's like, how do you replicate that nowadays? You can't unless you're performing it live and not many bands can do that. But anyways, we're not here to speak about music today, believe it or no, not. Today is all about the everything in between. It is. Um, some would say the astral plane of in-betweenness. I don't know if YouTube's okay with that. Who knows what they're okay with anymore, but we just said it. And uh, yeah, guys. Chris, welcome. I thought we said we weren't getting political on this show. Um, dude, true. Sorry about that, man. Yeah, we um, apologize. Yeah, I didn't mean to offend anyone who's in purgatory, may have been in purgatory, or maybe going to purgatory. Totally <laughs> stepped out of line there. Uh, but we're here Not to cool. talk about all things horror today. And uh, I can already tell Andrew's feeling a little ghoulish on this one. <laughs> How could you tell? <laughs> so, Andrew, man, I, you know, we're just kind of kind of going to go off the cusp because next week is going to be our, our horror and video games episode, which oh. we'll be unveiling a new show that you'll be co-hosting across both of my podcasts, uh, really putting the uh, network in Talking Podcast Network. Wow. But today, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain because... As I've uh, kind of grown as a creator, I've kind of embraced other sides of the creative process. And we can go on this whole tangent of how, you know, my main love used to be music and it still is my main love. But there's like other loves too, uh, mistresses, if you will, of art that are sort of tugging and, and taking my time away from me. Yeah, man, I'm just trying to like really weave this spooky web, you know, so so work with me here as we uh, traverse. True. Ad adultery is terrifying. Exactly. Dude. 
shouts out Jesus. He he got it. He he got he understood it. But you know, like what I'm trying to say is, I have embraced other creative things that aren't just there's music in these things, but music isn't always the main focus. And one of the one of those other loves it ha- happens to be film and TV. And you know, there's like a whole month where there's a certain style of film and TV that really thrives. In October, uh, Andrew, I'm gonna put this one on you. Can you possibly venture to guess what I'm talking about? Hmm. Is it the um, uh, expectation subverting kind of movie like a Christmas movie in October? Like Kringle? Oh, no, not that one. Close, though. Or did that come out in Christmas time? It probably came out in Christmas time. I'm talking about all things, say it with me now, horror. Horror. Yeah, exactly. And we probably were in sync. There's just that. Wrecked old audio delay. That in my ears we were in sync. Right, and that's all that matters. So yeah, man. I mean, before we jump into this, like, what is your relationship with horror? Hmm. Uh. Well, as a kid, I didn't necessarily like being scared. Like, I wasn't trying. Like, I didn't like Courage the Cowardly Dog when I was growing up because I was like, yeah, like he's funny, but this shit is spooky. Like, like watching it now that you know return the slab thing like not that scary but like as like a seven-year-old and you see this like weird guy going return the slab i'm like i don't have the slab dude i'm sorry so yeah i wasn't super into it but at the same time i loved like i didn't like scary but i loved spooky like scooby-doo was my shit you know like regular scooby-doo a pup named scooby-doo so true man Shaggy do good. Or, sorry, Sh- Scrappy do. I mean, listen, Shaggy is an honorable do. So he is. He is. You know that. That's but uh, the thing but even know? besides that, like the Winnie the Pooh Halloween episodes and stuff like that. Come on, every Halloween episodes are always good. Like even yeah, when are. I got older yeah. and like sitcoms like Friends and stuff like that. Like Halloween episodes are always good. Dude, what about the Charlie Brown Halloween special? Uh, the Great Pumpkin, dude. The Great Pumpkin. I knew the you'd know. It, it is phenomenal. I might actually watch that tonight. I yeah, just got and I mean, plus this... humble brag, and uh, it's included in there. So see, and that's a good example of like not just the spooky Halloween stuff, which like obviously that happens on Halloween, and everything, but even just everything that happens in fall. Like fall is just such a nice time too. That in it, listen, I don't, I can't speak for the rest of the country. I've spent a lot of time in fall in other parts of America, but where we live, where we live, it feels like fall is like. May if you're lucky the entire month of October and then after that it's just cold and it might even snow the day after Halloween or on Halloween, which it has done. And I'm not you know, I don't envy the Northwest, you know, with even worse than that where it's snowing like October first, but I just yeah, I like fall movies and stuff because it gets me that taste of fall that where I live doesn't allow me to get for long enough. Yeah, everything gets all pumpkin spiced and just people start wearing jeans and, and shout out to Mikey. And... Look at all the colors. The <laughs> all colors, dude. You know, man, that that you raised some good points in there. And before we go any further, I need to first off agree with you in the fact that like it's weird because when I was a little kid, I got exposed to Chucky when I was, I think, five years old. One of my older cousins snuck it over at a sleepover. Those classic mm. things we all used to have. Oh, yeah, dude. We when I was nine, it. I accidentally watched it at a sleepover. And I was like, what the hell is this, guys? Yeah. We need to change this. I'm terrified. 
and and it scarred me. And then from there on, I was afraid of horror. And even certain episodes of the Goosebumps used to scare me. Forget mm-hmm. about Courage the Cowardly Dog. There was no mm-hmm. way I was watching that. Sometimes you'd get caught and it was on and I'd be so afraid Dude, I couldn't get out of bed and I had to watch the full I, episode. To and this like, day, I've never watched Don't Look Under the Bed just because... Or not Don't Look Under the Bed. That's that decom. Are You Afraid of the Dark is the show I've never watched from never Nickelodeon. Watched never watched it. it. I, was like, I was like, honestly, I am. So <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, and you know... You also raise a really good point about, aside from just the uh, pop culture side of things that, that come around this time of year, there is just the seasonal things that we get to really enjoy here where we live. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I believe we have a true four-season calendar here where we live without disclosing specific locations. But uh... <laughs> I think so, too. As much as I don't think that each season gets the same amount of time, we do experience all four. Right, and that is actually one of um, the bigger points I wanted to raise today, which is not all seasons are created equally, which is is unfortunate. But you need to uh, – have you been hearing that? I hate when sportscasters do that. They've started doing that this year. Not all what? players are created equally, Al. You know, that's the thing about Kenyon Drake. Like it's, I've been hearing it in every game, and I think it is just such an asinine way to speak. It's like, yeah, no, obviously one team is better than the other obviously but yeah. anyways <laughs> if every team was seasons, equal it wouldn't be exciting exactly or, or not all watch. seasons are uh, created equally and, and we have some people in our area who think we only have two seasons aka winter and aka summer i, I don't even want to talk to those people if, if that's you <laughs> I, I that's i don't want to deal with that because right i listen i can just you know you're, you're you're dragging that winter pessimism around with you to three other seasons that it doesn't need to be there listen listen i can see where they're coming from as someone who also doesn't necessarily love winter or love the cold um i don't mind it being cold i hate when it's like so cold that just the air hurts your face when like you're walking like that's a little too cold for me but um yeah, no, I mean, we definitely get some spring buffer time in between when it's getting cold to when it gets, like, stupid hot. And then we definitely get some nice, like, just jacket weather before it gets to, like, you know, the zero degrees with negative 20 degree wind chill weather, which we do get, which is very, very the opposite of fun. I would describe it personally. Yeah, but that's like parka weather, man. You, you know, yeah. you like you know, you like your parkas. Listen, I like parkas, but not when my expo not when I have to dress thinking like, okay, any exposed skin is gonna feel pain as soon as the air touches it. So let me try to cover up all of my skin and then also try to have my hair looking nice. Like, come on. Gotcha. It's too much. Yeah. Um speaking of parka, happy birthday, buddy. I uh <laughs> I know you might be listening to this one. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, You're so out. right. It's it won't yeah, be his birthday when this comes out, but but Thank you for reminding we'll me. Have oh to, uh, we'll have to send him this clip, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though, uh, you know, Chris doesn't quite send that text, he thinks about it a lot. And I, th- I wish all my friends understood that. Just he like does. I wish they understood my new love for not just music, a.k.a. Halloween time, the fall. And I wonder if it's because, you know, as we get older, we kind of wish that we did things when we were younger. And, you know, one thing I really wish was that I, I didn't just kind of sit in i not that i sat inside i would go out on halloween and we would trick-or-treat and stuff uh, until a certain age but then like when we were teenagers we really didn't even celebrate at all we would just kind of hang out play basketball and mm-hmm. have like a band practice and eat a bunch of candy right. but like we didn't even like think about it or celebrate it and there were so many cool things that we could have been doing especially mm-hmm. in our area we have the number one haunted hayride in the country rated 
by uh, Time uh, Time Magazine, I believe, which is like that's a solid attraction, you know. Another reason why the Hudson Valley is like a, a vacation spot, and and I just never got into it until now. So I wonder if it's like, and I kind of want to ask you like why you think that why you think that is because I can't quite figure it out. I just know that it used to be so unappealing, and now I'm just all about it. You know, it's funny because I'm like almost the exact same way. Like as a kid, I didn't give a shit about Halloween. Like I think the last time. The last time I actually like really dressed up for Halloween was when I was six and I was Zorro, which was awesome. And two of my friends both dressed up as Pikachu, which was really funny. Um, and, and then the next year I wasn't even going to dress up. And then my friend uh, came to my door in his Taekwondo outfit. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's an easy costume. I'll just do that. And then no one will have to be like, why aren't you dressed up? Uh, and But then after that, I didn't dress up. I didn't go trick-or-treating. I... Like I, I liked watching the, um, whatever ABC family did for Halloween, like always having like hocus pocus on and stuff like that. Like I enjoyed partaking in that, but I didn't dress up or go to Halloween parties or go trick or treating or anything like that until like, uh, what, like two years ago or whatever, probably when I moved out of my dad's house and all of a sudden I was like, wait, it's like a whole bunch of fun, spooky stuff. Like again, shout out Mikey. Cause living with him, he was like, dude, you have to embrace fall and everything that fall has, including Halloween. I was like, all right, cool. And then like now there's so much cool spooky stuff and I don't, I like dressing up and I like all the Halloween movies. Like I still don't really care that much about horror movies, to be honest. Like it's kind of the same way I am with, um, with like going to haunted houses or going to like Hollywood horror nights at universal studios or something. Like I'm like, I know this is all fake and like at those haunted houses and stuff like they're not allowed to touch you and like these movies are all ridiculous so i'm always just like i'm not scared because it i'm not immersed or whatever you know like it like i know it's not real um which was part of why like i don't know if you saw the movie one missed call that movie was really funny to me or like insidious was one of the funniest movies i've ever seen no, I haven't seen it's either just, of those. I've heard of Insidious. I haven't heard of the first. If we're considering Former Cabin in the Woods a horror movie, that was like the first one that I was like, this movie's freaking good. Cabin in the Woods is a deconstructionist piece. It's Okay, uh, well, I love that movie. Yeah, are you familiar with what that is, deconstructionist? Um, I don't know if I've heard the genre, but through context, I think I can figure it out. Spaceballs is a deconstructionist piece, kind of okay. uh, taking the tropes and, and satirizing them, but in a way that isn't disrespectful either to the source material. Like it's right. like, out. you're not making fun of it. You're just exposing it, but in a not aggressive way. Exactly. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's a gentleman's way to jest is how I would, uh, how I would describe right. it. And you Unlike, said, no, would you say, would you say like this, like sc- the scary movie franchise is deconstructionist or is that just parody? Cause it's just making fun of them. It's a little bit of both. I feel like as they go on, I definitely think the first one's really smart. I've only mm-hmm. seen the fr- how many are there? There's like nine, right? I've only seen two. I have no idea. There's probably uh, at least like five. There's a lot, and I could care less to see them all at this point. Right. I've, I've well, only yeah. seen the first two, and I think the first one was pretty smart. Only saw the second one once when I was living in Brooklyn, and uh, if anyone knows about my time in Brooklyn, it's that not much of it is remembered. And <laughs> so I uh, oh, I dude, really you lived in Brooklyn. In college. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Down in Brooklyn, New York. New York. Uh, Yeah, and so one thing I want to get to, just to clarify for clarification's sake, before we, uh, you know, jettison too far into the next segment of the show, when you say Halloween movies, do you mean the Halloween franchise, a.k.a. Michael Myers, (laughs) or just Halloween movies in general? 
Uh, I was speaking about Halloween movies in general, not about the Halloween franchise. Although I've seen the first Halloween, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And obviously the theme music is amazing. Right. Um, and then I definitely, I think I did what a lot of young people do and watched a video on YouTube that was like a synopsis of all the other ones. Cause I knew that there were just like, there were a bunch like at yeah. least five or something. And I was like, there's no way that he just like dies, but doesn't die in every movie. So I'm like, what the hell is going on with all these movies? And then I was like, Oh, this is actually a pretty cool universe, which I'm realizing now that like these horror movies that make like 90 movies, like the Jason, like, you know, the Friday the 13th and Jason and like Hellraiser and stuff. Like they have these crazy, like lore backstory things. Like the Hellraiser series is one of the craziest series. I've only seen the first movie, but like, again, I read about it. And like, it's all insane and it all ties together. And it's like a crazy story that like, if you're just watching one of the movies, like especially nowadays, like watching Hellraiser or like Nightmare on Elm Street, you'd laugh because of the special effects look funny just because they, you know, because of how special effects have changed nowadays and how it just looks kind of silly and campy almost. But like, those are still like cool movies. But again, like I said before, like, and they never like scared me except actually i'm sort of lying when i was 13 i watched i know what you did last summer and while i was watching it i was like this movie's not scary it's pretty cool but like whatever but then like every night for like four weeks after that like looking out my window at nighttime i was like scared i was like dude somebody somebody could just be out there in a fucking trench coat waiting just waiting for me that is really so weird. I feel like I feel like it's more like those movies don't scare me while I'm watching them. But if they do a good enough job of like setting up realistic scenarios, like it'll scare me after the movie. If yeah, that I have sense. so many things to say off that. So I guess we'll just start breaking <laughs> them down. Um, you know, going back to uh, Mikey, our uh, our former drummer um, and still great friend. He uh, he kind of was always talking about horror films and and seemed to really love it and i was like cool i'm in a band with this guy i think he's a talented dude i respect his decision and uh you know i'm in film school right now so if there was ever a time now's the time and i put on halloween uh, i think in 2016 and i was like okay like i felt something (laughs) i wasn't quite engulfed right away though like because i had Mm -hmm. watched it when i was a little kid because i tell this story all the time on my other show but i'll tell it here like basically i remember very vividly (laughs) when i lived in the bronx my neighbors would all ride scooters, bikes on the street, and I would hear them outside. We had those windows that you had a crank roll. And if you've ever been in New York City, you know, there's like the double folding out windows and, and all those like Bronx uh, duplex houses. And uh, it'd be like summer and I just want to go outside and play so bad. My parents would be like, hey, there's like a lot of great art that is of America and you need to check it out. So they'd sat me down and I'd watch like rocky and back to the future and star wars and all these films that like even though i went on to become a musician are still like cornerstones of why i think i enjoy creative things as as a whole and of course when i got a little older there was like one horror film that was in the batch and it was halloween and i still didn't finish it but i have a very distinctive memory of my little sister being able to finish it and me not being able to finish it it was just intense it was a lot and uh dude it's an intense movie so then I decided to go and watch Halloween 2 because Mikey's like, they're like the only two that are connected and Halloween 2 is just as good as Halloween 1 and I honestly think it's a little better. And then I heard that Mikey goes every year if he can and watches Halloween on Halloween night 
And I was like, that is so cool. He doesn't even invite anyone. He just does it by himself because he loves it that much. And then he goes to a party and then he goes to his plans. So then I was like, all right, I'm watching the second one and I'm rewatching this first one. And that's when it hit me. Horror movies are awesome. Yeah. They're incredible. And then I think from there, sort of hanging out with like all you guys and stuff. And we had like all those group parties, you know, you would used to throw these awesome Halloween parties at your place and just kind of slowly but surely engulfed me into the season that I kind of overlooked and same now it's just like you know this year our, our paths are bringing us to different locations i wouldn't be able to hang anyways living with uh, older people in my house just to be safe so it's it's fine you know you go do your thing but it's like i'll still i still have the festivities to get into on my own and i you know my my boy brando shout out the brando critic sent me a, a box of canadian delicacies and, and seasonal Whoa. treats and yeah i had ketchup chips the other night and those are really mm. good and uh, for the first time in a while. And so, like, I just have something now for a time of the year when everyone's starting to get a little angry and a little salty and a little, like, irritated. Like, I notice it at my job. Like, people are just a little less nicer for no reason. And I'm like, really? Like, the weather affects you this much? Do you not understand? Like, there's a lot of cool stuff to get into right now. So, it's a good time of the year. Some would say it's the most wonderful time of the year. And some yes. would some i think a lot of people probably, probably wouldn't but you know to each their own i mean and then like since this is a music show i mean let's not even forget about the fact about how influential horror scoring and music has become to just not only pop culture like if you look at the thriller album like we don't even have to go so recently you know yeah. michael jackson's thriller it's it could be played in a, Hall in a Halloween playlist. I mean, it's got that spooky, darker I mean, undertone. It's in my Halloween playlist. Exactly, as it is in many people's. And John Carpenter, obviously, mm -hmm. sort of innovating with the synthesizer in uh, traditional movie scoring and horror movie scoring. That one, that one is just so good because it just yeah. like it starts with that piano thing that and right. and which kind of makes it feel eerie, but then it just hits you with that low note that dum. And then you're yeah. like, holy shit, where did that even just come from? And they Arguably, always time it par perfectly with like, it hits the first note. And then like that low note comes when like you first see his foot like hit and you're like, oh shit, he's there and he's going to fucking get her. Yeah, it's such an achievement of like film and music and arguably the first use of the trap hat we have from the Halloween theme song. Just the, you know, it's like very hip hop oriented. And right, right. It even went on to, I believe we wouldn't have Synthwave, which is a very cool retro Whoa. style of music that I love, which is like, you know, modern EDM ideals and classic rock feels mixed with just like the weird synthesizer, dreamy, you know, feels of like back in the day. And it's, it's kind of like, Retro 80s fusion, like throwback, but it borrows, it lends itself so much to horror that now all these bands that I love in the synthwave scene, especially the Midnight, one of the premier acts, just put out a horror EP called The Haunt. And it's so John Carpenter inspired. I mean, they start <laughs> off with that uh, arpeggiation style that John Carpenter kind of became to know. So, I mean, people could say that horror is just these silly little throwaway murder films or these crazy gore fests, if you're thinking of like, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or even like these like low budget, like, you know, poltergeisty or, um, you know, um, paranormal activity, like right, right. esque things. Paranormal I mean, I activity like, was a crazy one. Like just like the way that it was made. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever watched the whole movie, but just the fact that they 
it's so creative. I mean, like the problem with that movie, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but like the first one was so cool because they did it with, you know, the found footage, like a new way of doing a found footage movie, you know, instead yeah. of like the whole like shaky cam Blair Witch thing where it's like, what's going on? Like, it was just like set up cameras in a house. Like, so I think they spent like, what, like $40,000 making the movie or something like that. And then wasn't it made a lot. It made it a, a butt ton of movie money after the fact, but it's just like it was so cool. And then like it was so unfortunate that like all the other paranormal activities, which like obviously they were going to make more because of how successful that one was. It was yeah. so like just annoying for me to see that like they were all just the same movie again. I'm like, I know that like, how are you really going to like change that that much without getting kind of weird or gimmicky or something? But I don't know. It was just like, I wish it was just like a one and done. And it was just like left as this incredible, perfect thing that they made. Yeah, it was really good. I didn't see any other ones after the first one, but I don't even know mm -hmm. how many they made, to be honest with you. But yeah, well, Insidious was like, was like part of those movies. So they like branched off into other shit. And Insidious was, in my opinion, if it was a comedy, amazing movie. If it was a horror movie, really not good at all. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things where uh, I think like horror has a lot of schlock in it. But like it also because it's so low budget and the creators are always very minim minimalistically working with the bare essentials to produce the score, produce the film. I think it really helps art push the boundaries forward. I mean, I think you can probably do research and not that I have and I probably should have. But but again, the beauty of this show is just kind of rolling and talking and seeing where the conversation takes us. But I mean, I feel like, you know, maybe this will be me back in college, but you could probably write a thesis about how in independent and low budget filmmaking specifically around horror and, and music has sort of prompted the uh, invention of, of new creations. And you know what, Andrew, you fill it for a second because I actually have something that I don't think I can play the video for, but I can show you a new instrument that was invented called the nightmare machine, which I think I've shown you before, which was uh, created to score the movie, the witch. And mm. it was created out of, uh efficiency and you guys definitely this gotta was, go look this up this was used to score the movie it was used to score the movie basically the composer uh had hired a prop guy commissioned a prop guy to build him um an instrument called the nightmare machine where he could kind of all in one like perform instead of just you know writing in the music and uh doing it sort of track by track he could actually perform it as if he was conducting an orchestra so here right. i'm going to share my screen real quick and show you i think i've shown you this before but so this is actually an example of what i was talking about like a horror pushing the limits so right here if you can see it you you have the um the prop maker oh, wow. who he hired professional hollywood mm -hmm. prop maker to uh craft this instrument that's all in one and right. uh, let's click in you can see him bowing right there he's bowing the scrap metal to kind of um you know, stir primal emotions, as he says. Right. And uh, he's got all these little knobs and dials, and it's just the most sinister thing ever. And the entire movie was scored on this machine. Have you seen that film? No, I haven't. Oh, dude, it's next level. You could see he has, like, the bow out there and, like, the pieces of metal. It, it, it is, it's more of a soundscaping device. It's, you're not actually creating like, <laughs> that's a still, you're not actually creating, and look, this is him in the, in the studio performing uh, for the actual, um, for practicing wow. for the recording of the actual uh, score for the film. And it's, it's actually insane. Whoop, 
can't can't play that. But uh, you can see, like right in there. Wow. Yeah, man, it's it's actually ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh. Oh, great big story. Yeah. Mark Corvin. They, they do good stuff. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, this is the only video I've ever seen of them. <laughs> I don't know too much about the channel. I've seen I've seen a couple others. They 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 do good stuff. That's cool though. All right. That's you know crazy. What? We'll subscribe right on air. That's something for the people. Wow, and you smashed that bell. You have to smash the bell. I think if you're a content creator and you 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 at all respect what you're doing, you have to smash <laughs> that bell. Speaking of smashing that bell, guys, if you're enjoying this haphazard, all over the place conversation about all things horror, Andrew, you, you know what they need to do. So why don't you tell them? Well, first of all, go change your pants because I'm sure we've been real scary lately because this is a scary episode. So. If you haven't yet, at least go get another pair of pants to just be ready because you might need it. Um, but you might as well subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that bell like Chris just did so well. He was so good at it. I'm sure you could see. If you're watching on YouTube, just scroll back, see how good he was. It might was as well be a tutorial, guys. It so. might as well be a tutorial. It's that easy. But also, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for you to navigate from here after this once the episode's over, don't get crazy. Get over to Talking TV and do the same over there. Subscribe, hit the bell, just so that, you know, when Chris wants to talk about horror movies more in depth than I'm going to let him because I'm going to get scared talking about them, then you can go over there and listen to him talk about it with his buddy Dom, who probably knows more about movies than anyone I know who's not in the industry. Yeah, we all wish, but we're not, unfortunately, in the industry. Yeah. But speaking of horror movies, I have a question for you, Chris. What do you think is, well, you know, this is kind of like a multi-leveled question. I feel like it's not so much a question as something I just want to like discuss. Like what are all these elements that make a horror movie scary? Like, is it more the suspense? Is it more like the startling part is startling even considered being scary? Like when it's just a jump scare, is that actually scary or is it just a cheap, you know, way of getting your heart to start racing? Is it, a movie that creates a really scary premise and then there's like no quote unquote like startling bits. It's just an unsettling movie. Like, is it gross stuff? Is it monsters? Like what, what is it that makes a movie a horror movie as opposed to just like a movie that made me vomit? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, so you kind of asked a few questions in there. So what is it that makes a horror movie a horror movie? I, I think that can be defined by, two different ways the emotional state it puts you in and then the subject matter the content right if it's ghouls and goblins mm -hmm. it could be fantasy like lord of the rings or it could be you know kind of like uh some some creepy type like scary murder type thing which not not that i have any examples with ghouls and goblins i just know that they're kind of associated <laughs> with halloween so maybe that's a bad example maybe right, but I like i know what you're saying like what's what's but, the difference between like there's a difference between watching a movie that's scary because michael myers is chasing his sister with a knife and then there's a different kind of scary that's not necessarily horror with like a movie like red eye where she's just on a plane with a guy who's trying to kill her and she doesn't know what's going on right exactly with the pocket full of magic for the flight and uh <laughs> shout you know, out <laughs> yeah so i think but what makes it scary if it does fall under the those very loose categories we define uh is the writing i think when i before i was a horror fan or before i could stomach horror really um my my favorite parts of horror films were that first 15 to 20 minutes 
the uh, the first sequence where you kind of get to see Timmy and he's picked on at school and he's crushing on the girl across the street and he comes home and, you know, his dad doesn't pay attention to him and his mom's working so much, but she really wants to. And he just drowns himself in his favorite comic book. And you kind of get immersed into like this, like just people story. You know, you, you get attached to this character who mm-hmm. you're going to later then go on to see poor Timmy running for his life from the slasher. But I think the only reason we care about Timmy in the first place is because they did a good job. The filmmakers kind of immersing you into his story and, and getting you on his team, you know, because right. I find myself rooting a lot in horror movies for a specific side, usually mm-hmm. it's the people, unless they're like a terrible garbage human being. And there's a twist at the end where you realize like, oh, this person summoned this demon on their own because they wanted to mess with their roommate. They deserve right. it then. So right. now, now screw <clears throat> this person who I was rooting for all film. And so that's that, those are my favorite parts of the film before I could tolerate the scares. And now that right. I can tolerate I would, the scares. I would say that part of that too is that they make characters that are relatable so that you kind of feel, so that it's not so much that you're caring about Timmy, you feel like, like you are Timmy. Like you're like, yeah, like I do all that stuff. I have parents that don't understand me and I like, Maybe it's not comics. Like I come home and I just try to like chill out by myself. And then now all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, Timmy's being chased by a serial killer. And he's, this serial killer is about to kill his friend. And Timmy has to like do something like, would I do something? I don't know. And then you're just like, what's Timmy going to do? Right. Exactly. And uh, it's just the, um, the investment that they make in writing the character is then, they invest in you as you're watching it. Cause they make this charming charismatic character that you want to root for. Mm-hmm. And so it's the relatability, right? And and so that was my favorite part of horror before I could tolerate and stomach the scares, the psychological torture that some of these films honestly do put you through. I'm talking to you, Saw, which is a great movie, <laughs> but it's like, that's a messed up film the first time you see it at any age. Anyways, now my favorite part of horror films are the exact same part because I understand the importance of them. And so many horror films that I can that I've watched now kind of live or die in that first opening sequence because if i don't care about these characters and it's already low budget and it's already going to look terrible mm-hmm. i'm not going to be able for, to forgive it unlike i just watched this movie host right which is a shutter original have you heard of this film no i watched it la- literally last night at the time of this recording it takes place over this zoom. year what's that yeah it came out this year okay it, it takes place over zoom basically you know how people um, during this quarantine, it's set in the quarantine, the pandemic of 2020. Don't say the actual name of the virus. YouTube doesn't like that. Not kidding. Um, but so it's set in the pandemic, quarantine 2020. And uh, basically, you know how people were having those happy hours to mm-hmm. kind of like hang out with their friends and whatnot when you when yep. it was, we were really in the thick of it. Right. And so it lands on Haley and it's Haley's turn to set the theme of the happy hour because they were doing so many of them that they needed to spice it up. Right. And so she's like, let's have a seance and let's summon a demon. I know this, uh, uh, I forget what they call her. Um, what a medium medium. Thank you. I know this medium and she's never done it over zoom before, but she'd be down to do it over zoom. So obviously supernatural things occur and you know, crazy demon gets summoned. it's a very predictable script, but they shot it all over zoom and the people felt real. They gave the actors room to improvise. The actors were literally carrying around their MacBooks. So they had wow. a portable webcam. And it, it felt real. Like they felt like real people. So 
even though it was just them sitting in front of a computer for the majority of the film, it felt like I was watching a movie. And I think that all comes from the setup and how they kind of like explain to you like they're just working with what they have, you know, they're just trying to get by and keep sane in this quarantine and, and they're going mm-hmm. crazy. So that's why they're going to do something crazy, even if it is just for laughs. Right. So I think that's important in horror movies. Right. Books. Whatever. I mean, right. It's it's interesting because like there's like I'm thinking of the, the horror movies that I've seen, like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street or even like the like the lower budget ones like teeth or something like that you know like they set up this whole thing where it's like all right here's most of them anyway that start this way like here's the normal life like here's what life's supposed to look like because in like 20 minutes stuff's not going to look like that so we need you to know that when this dude gets sucked into the middle of his bed that that's not something that normally happens in this world like that's bad and i think that like That's why a lot of those movies, like, I think if you're if you're someone who doesn't watch a lot of them, like, you can poke holes in them being like, oh, they're all the same. It's just, like, kids in a small town that deal with a scary something, either, whether it's a scary human or a scary monster or whatever. Like, it's just some kids dealing with something scary. Like, that's what a lot of the popular horror movies are when you look at them generally. But I think part of the reason of that is because that's the easiest way to get someone immediately involved and invested in these kids because like you don't have to always just explain like okay here's where they live this is what they do every day you just go hey this kid 17 lives in maine and he's a high school kid you're like cool i've seen that kind of kid before let's get into the scary shit like you know what i mean yeah i i I agree and i think it's like one of those things where you know good writing is even more important in low budget slash genre films because mm-hmm. you could have something like I just watched and I don't want to make this fully a movie podcast because I do have a few other things I kind of wanted to ask you yeah. about seasonal me, type things. Me too. But I, I just watched Fargo. Have you ever seen Fargo? 1996? No. You, you've heard of it, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Oscar winning film. So many people are crazy about it. I, I didn't really like it that much, but it it's, it's think, a murder investigation, right? It's a murder investigation. All hell breaks loose. A very young William H. Macy kind of like really coming into his own as like a a superstar. You know, he was like one of those 90s guys. And I didn't care for it too much. It's not my type of thing. But that type of Mm -hmm. script had so many more eyeballs on it than than let's say even the biggest horror film of that year because it wasn't of any genre. It was more of like a relatable people piece. So whereas I didn't like it and I honestly kind of thought it was a little sloppy it still got more chances and more eyeballs. So for you to be in an even more niche style of filmmaking with already budgetary restrictions and just a smaller audience, like you got to be on your A game. And so that's why, like, I think people who are like diehard horror fans, I think they get art in a way that like, kind of like, you know, not normies because I think everyone likes movies, but like regular moviegoers kind of don't get because it's like you got to take the good with the bad if you're a horror fan because you understand that it's like they're usually labors of love and uh, you're just not working with much. So I kind of respect like being someone who I think DIY toured for so long and we booked our own tours, right? And, you know, no one came to us for our, our contract. We went out there and we earned it. You know what I mean? Like I think f- for go-getters like us, you can kind of respect horror. And, and mm-hmm. niche genre films, even small sci-fi productions for that matter, like look at A24 as a studio. That, that's another reason why I think as I got older and more entrepreneurial, this medium, this this type of year, like in the creative 
properties and products have spoken to me more too, you know, outside of just them being entertaining and fun and season. Right. Right. Now, one final question before we move on from movies. Do you consider thriller movies to be scary movies? Like something like Red Eye or like Last House on the Left, where it's not like an element of like like a monster or even like, you know, like some supernatural guy showed up to kill me or something like that. Or like in uh, whatever it's called, freaking. Well, I guess um, I know what you did last summer could kind of be considered a thriller too. You know, like in Last House on the Left or something, it's just like she's being abducted and chased down by these criminals and stuff. Like that's something that could really happen as much as, you know, in the movie it's probably a bit more dramatized or whatever, but like that kind of stuff happens. So like is the does the fact that something could really happen make it a thriller and no longer horror? Or is it just that like thriller movies are more about like suspense and less about like scary stuff? All right. Yeah. So let me preface this because I do have an answer, but I think for our audience who, when we do these episodes with no guest or no clear topic, kind of get, get to know us in a different way. Right. Like, so I do mm-hmm. have this other podcast, right. Talking TV, go check it out. I love doing it just as much as I love doing this show where we talk about film and movies, but I'm no movie buff by any means. I'm, I am at first and always will be a musician. I went to film school as a way to sort of find some purpose. And it was like a creative type of school. And then I ended up falling in love with something completely new because there's obviously music in it and it's creative and artistic in a whole nother way. So, mm. but I'm no expert and I will never claim to be just so everyone knows. So I would say they're like first cousins, right? They're hanging out on Thanksgiving and Christmas you know, mm-hmm. they get each other really thoughtful and meaningful presence. There's probably a family group chat. Sometimes mm-hmm. they cross over even in like regards to like, hey, I need a ride to the, the doctors and like my dad or mom isn't around. So can you come? But I don't think that they are going home to the same house at night. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're picking each other up from the airport, but they're not yeah, uh, best exactly. men in each my other's wedding. Michael, when I was in L.A. last year and went to Halsey's Halloween party. Yeah, I just did that. And I don't care. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, uh, we'll excuse the name drop because it was a Halloween party. Exactly. That's why. That's (laughs) exact. That's why. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. You know, uh, he my first cousin picked me up point and case. And so it's one of those things where like there is a popular horror podcast that Andrew and I stumbled upon when we were doing some research, which I hope we get to in regards to this show one day called The Last Podcast on the Left. And that is an all horror and, um, you know, conspiratorial and and supernatural. But even but like horror, like horror movies, but also real life horror things. So they chose that name. Which, again, is why I say that would cross over. But I don't care for those types of scripts. Like, I was I, I was talking, actually, today to my mom, and she was asking me, like, well, what did you think about Fargo? And I was like, there wasn't enough lasers in it. Like, I really don't <laughs> care for people's stories, man, because people kind of annoy me a lot. So I don't want to watch a good people story. Dude, I was just talking first. about this with Scott. Yeah, we were just on because Scott and I were doing this thing where I've seen Dexter. He's seen Peaky Blinders. This is like sort of a sidetrack, but like barely. Um, And so we were watching one season of each, like one after the other. And we just finished Peaky Blinders. And now we're still going with Dexter since it's a longer show. And uh, I was realizing that like Peaky Blinders is a great show, but like it's just like I don't like it as much as I like Dexter. And Scott and I were talking about it. And he was like, well, Peaky Blinders is more of a character show because it's all about the Shelbys and like how the. Have you seen Peaky Blinders? Uh, the first three seasons, yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, it's all about the Shelby's and how, you know, they're just making a company and trying to build themselves up and take yeah. out whoever is in their way. Shell so, company. Sure. Some would say that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're, uh, but they're he, embezzling in there. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. They're trying to be legitimate, but most of the time they're not they're trying to, you know, whatever. But like every season, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, they're trying to be legitimate. Some bad guy is also trying to take them out or stop them doing whatever. And they, it's always the same thing, but every season the characters evolve and change and go through different, you know, experiences, which kind of change them, but the stories are kind of the same. But then on Dexter, like as much as the characters grow, like the characters are all pretty much set and the same. And it's just the experiences and the stories change. And I think I'm like you were like, yeah, I like character growth, but I want to see cool stuff going on and I want to see interesting events and not just, oh, how is, uh, you know, main character going to deal with this now as opposed to how he dealt with the exact same scenario three years ago. I'm like, I kind of don't care about that as much as I care about different scenarios. Yeah, I think your best pieces of cinema have both. Um, well yeah obviously they you need both but i think that a lot of people do focus on one or the other yeah especially in tv shows yeah i agree i think especially in uh comparing the, you know peaky blinders is of the aughts and uh dexter is uh sorry it's of the teens and dexter is of the aughts and so it's like just tv changed so much and that's that's a whole nother mm -hmm. podcast but i see what you're saying right. and i agree with what you're saying I only stopped watching Peaky Blinders, by the way, guys. It's not because I don't like it. It's because I like to watch TV laying down in bed, and their accents are really thick, and I can't really read subtitles as well as I thought laying sideways <laughs> in bed. So, Listen, there there were a couple times I was like, Scott, we got to run that back and put the subtitles on because I literally have no idea what Arthur is saying half he of the time he pop. speaks. Peggy was honestly the only one who I'm like, damn, I can understand you all the time. <laughs> You mean Polly? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Polly. Sorry, <laughs> Peggy. Oh, my God. That's cool. Yeah. That's but, cool. Uh, yeah, man, so while we're sort of rounding the corner into the, um, shall I say, last segment of our, our show here today, I kind of wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite things to do outside of watching or, or playing things? Because, again, we're going to be doing our favorite spooky video game episode next week. <laughs> what are some of your favorite things to do during this time of year that you can't do any other time of the year? I'm talking about eating some seasonal delicacies. Um, okay. What's your favorite um, type of pumpkin spice if you're into that? I mean, I'm sure okay. I know this, okay. but like, try and even tell me something I don't know. Go, go, go. Okay, 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 okay. But for before we before I do that, okay. I just want to give the quickest shout out because I could talk for an entire hour about it. I just want to say over the garden wall might be my favorite fall spooky themed thing in the last 10 years. So gotcha. and you know, it's what? amazing when we get sponsors, that would be such a smooth way to introduce the sponsor. I got to just, I could talk all day about it, but real quick, I just got to tell you guys about quit <laughs> the self brushing toothbrush. Oh, like, you know God. what I'm saying? Not yeah, exactly. Quit, yeah. Listen, I, I could talk wait. about them for an entire episode, but let me just yeah. mention manscaped real quick. <laughs> oh God. That would be <laughs> such a sponsor that would just not represent you and I at all <laughs> in the slightest, but they listen, guys, so I just want to take a quick moment to mention raid shadow legends and how we're going to play it. God, another one that I, I don't even. That would be a weird 
knock on my door. Chris and I are, wa- are writing a book solely to get it on audible.com, which is what I want to talk to you about real quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Creator code. <laughs> anyway. Any of those yet. Anyways, go. Anyway, go. Over the Garden Wall is amazing. Go. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Besides stuff to watch and or play, um, I mean, I love apple cider, like, a lot. Like... like the like like the good apple cider you get in the nice like they never like you can get it in a gallon but like i feel like a gallon is like it's just a lot you should get them by the half gallon just trust me of cider like ziegler's or any of the farms that are local you know i can't name all of them i don't know where you're listening from i could just make up a name and you'd believe me that it's a farm you know talking um alcoholic or non-alcoholic or no non-alcoholic non-alcoholic i mean if you really want to you can but like you can get alcoholic cider like all the time like you can just go get angry orchard but like that's not the same i want like i'm talking about like the dark cider that's like you can't see through it that kind of apple Mm. cider is what i'm talking about um the dark cider of the force yep i love that Uh, (laughs) i like that too i I guess cider brand name dark cider of the force yeah like a Halloween movie <laughs> themed cider company. Oh, this is that's the whole company is just that. It's not like, one of the like, ciders that a drink like, company makes. Yeah, like really forced puns. That's like a, a double. Dude, you could call that <laughs> it's it's forced brewing company. Forced brewing. That's awesome. Nobody dude. steal that. That's ours. I'm going to apply uh, for the copyright literally as soon as we're done recording. So by the time this yeah. airs, it'll be through. So you're out of luck. Don't worry. YouTube has us covered on all intellectual properties. That we <laughs> um, let's see. I love pumpkin pie. It's pretty much the only pie I like. I don't really like apple pie or any of the other fruit pies. I just like pumpkin pie. Okay. Whipped cream on top or no? Absolutely. And if I can help it, uh, fresh out the oven. Okay. Vanilla ice cream or no? No. No. Right? That's too That's much. What I'm saying. It's too much. It's too much. What I'm saying. Listen, it's yeah. not bad. If 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 someone hands me a plate and it's already got the ice cream on it, I'm not going to be like, get this fucking ice cream off my pie. I'll eat it and it's going to be good. But if I'm just doing it, I just want to go to my mom's house, have her slice me a nice slice, put it in the oven for like three minutes, take it out. Sure. Cover that shit in whipped cream, like drown it in whipped Drench cream, it. and then send it my way, and I'm I'm good. Pumpkin I'm pie might be the best pie of all the pies. I would I would agree. I'm I'm sure that a lot of people wouldn't. I'm pretty sure apple pie is like America's pie. You know, it's like the Cowboys. But I'd say maybe uh, second to none only than a key lime. I don't know if I've ever really had a good key lime pie. Mm, we're gonna have to change that real soon. <laughs> Text okay, me your address. Okay. <laughs> um, I never like. I mean, like apple picking is okay. I've never really been into that. Um, I like I like fall like, like fall farm stuff like a like uh sometimes a hayride you know like a corn maze something cool like that. I don't mind that like a nice uh a nice cool walk by like uh you know like some trees that are fall colored. That's nice. But like. I'm not into like the haunted hay rides or going to haunted houses. I think that's, I think it's dumb personally. I see the appeal and I'm not saying that if you like haunted houses, you're dumb because I don't think that. But all I'm saying is that every time I've experienced a haunted house or like I said before, a Hollywood horror nights, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, unless that was somewhere where they're like, they literally could abduct you and take somewhere you don't know. And then like fuck with you, then yeah, I'm going to be scared because I'm like, that's, kind of scary but if i'm just walking around and there's people dressed like the guys from the purge and they're just like getting up in your face and just going like 
I'm like, I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah, I don't, I, hear that. I don't I'm see how that's first, scary. I'm going to my first one of those ever, actually. Um, as far as I can remember, really. I mean, I don't think it counts when you're like eight or nine and, you know, your parents take you with a bunch of friends and stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. It's more well, for, let, I'm definitely right now going let me know. to people and less for the experience, but. Right. And that's I'm pretty much why I went enough. to Hollywood Horror Nights is because all my friends were going and I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And then I'm there and like, just like, why are people scared of this? And then like at Hollywood Horror Nights, just a quick 10 second tangent about this. They're like, oh yeah, there's all these themed haunted houses, like The Walking Dead and whatever movies came out that year or some shit. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then you get into this haunted house and like, it looks really cool. Like it looks like the show, but everyone's in a single file line going through the same spots. And it's just, it was one of those things that was just so like obvious. Like everything was obvious. Like you're walking through the haunted house and I'm like, Oh look, there's a hole in the wall. And behind that hole is a curtain. I would be real scared if a hand were to pop out of that curtain covering the hole in the wall. And then you walk up to the hole and it goes, whoosh. And you're like, a hand just came out of the hole in the wall covered by a curtain. I didn't see that coming for a second. I'm so scared. And did you do this like, when you were on tour or something? Yeah, I did it. Well, yeah, we did it when we were on tour. That's what I figured. It sounds like, like a good group to do that with, though, at least. Also, I'm just going to bring up the fact that the reason why we did that, Tyler Wilson, I'm calling you out right now. You were like, let's do it. Okay. Then we all bought tickets for the one in LA while we were in Orlando, which were $50. And he's like, guys, we all bought the wrong tickets. We have to return those and buy these ones for Orlando, which were 100 bucks. And I'm like, when am I going to get the $50 back, though? And then it took like five days for the $50 to come back. So I basically spent like 150 bucks to go to a shitty halloween horror night and i'm never gonna let tyler forget it just had to bring it up again wow. i don't think he listens to every episode anyway so i'm sure i'm gonna get away with this but yeah i'm sure he doesn't but happy and i've forgiven party. him but i'm never gonna forget it yeah totally nice man so anything else um we have had some good halloween parties that's at least as far as i can remember true i have had a couple lit halloween parties at the house i live at too bad we can't do it this year, but hopefully next year things are different. Yeah. I wonder what, what about you? New Year's. What are, are you going to be you uh, like? What are you going to be up in spooky Salem for new year's? You think? No. No. Oh, okay. Maybe we can uh, bring a little uh, October to January this year. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. How amazing we'll would see. a costume party, new year's Eve party be? Listen, a that Halloween is- new year's Eve party is a really good idea and I'm stealing it. So we have to do that. Halloween New Party is. Oh, listen. There's there's probably twelve people who were lucky enough to be at a party at my house that Chris has thrown. So like, it wouldn't be the first time that you've thrown a party at my house. Sure. Yeah. And I was gonna say Halloween New Year's Eve party is my favorite Netflix Adam Sandler film. (laughs) (laughs) That was wasn't that a New Year's Eve party that you hosted at my house? Yeah. Yeah. Chris's New Year's Eve party at Andrew's place. Mm -hmm. Classic. Two years ago. Classic. Yeah. Good times, good, man. All right, times, man. Well, speaking time. of time, wait, time is no you didn't tell me, you didn't tell me what you like to do in the fall besides watch movies and stuff. That's about it, man. I'm a one note kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary movies, oh, different man. colored leaves. I'm Dude, pretty, what are you pretty talking good. About? I spoke about it all episode. <laughs> That'd be so stupid. No, um, I like to go on hikes. I really actually enjoy working at my job. Cause I get to drive around on a golf course and huh? you just, like your job the way that the leaves have been changing. And it's been really nice, especially cause like we have so many friends in California and I'll talk to them how they have to force themselves to get into a seasonal mood. And I'm just like, 
I can't, I can't, I couldn't not feel festive if I tried. Like I'm exactly. out on a golf course all day with yeah, a bunch we've of We've got, listen, we've got three pumpkins on the front porch of my house. Two of those pumpkins have bites taken out of them. Like these squirrels are just showing up eating our pumpkins. That's hard. It's, it's, actually, it's hard cool. not to feel in the mood when you walk outside and you're like, yeah. there goes a squirrel feasting on a pumpkin. Right. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I would be lying if I said that I hadn't been reaching a little deeper into my pantry for the uh, the more chai and pumpkin flavored teas. So, oh, you got to dig. You got to reach deep for those. Yeah. I mean, they definitely stay in rotation until like February. But like once it gets warmer. uh, Why Why did you say it like that? Just trying new things, man. For brewery. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, it's like a lot of like, you know, hanging out with people and uh, doing festive events, which I guess I kind of do have a little bit of doing a social right. distance haunted hayride right. car ride soon. So that'll be something. But yeah. We'll see. I, yeah, I feel like most of it is just I'm excited to watch stuff like I know you can watch that stuff any time of year, but it's not the same. Like watching over the garden wall is always good, but it hits different between like October 15th and October 31st. Exactly. It hits differently. But what I will say is like I want to rewatch Alien, but I won't mm. rewatch Alien right now because I think that is a horror film that you can watch any time of the year. Whereas you can watch Halloween any time of the year. And I'll do that when I'm feeling a little um, nostalgic for the mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's like the one film I'll go to. But like I feel like, right. a, uh, you know, Friday the 13th or a Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street. Exactly. For now. Exactly. Like, like you want to watch Alien in like July or something like that. And then you yeah. want to watch like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street on Halloween. And then you want to wait and then you, you skip November, maybe watch like Helter Skelter in November or something like that, or Children of the Corn. And then in December, yeah. you watch stuff like The Thing and like The Shining when it's all snowy out and you're like, yeah, snow can be totally. scary. I hear that. That's an astute observation, uh, not observation. You didn't really observe anything but statement. A very astute statement. I don't know why they haven't put those two words together before. Listen, they call me they call me astute Andrew. Astute Andrew. I like that. Andrew. No one's called me that ever in my life, but it could start now. I think we need to be a little less trepidatious about sort of just rolling and talking with uh, a loose topic. Because I thought it was a very uh, delightful conversation. Mm. I agree. Delightful. I uh I had a good time. I'm excited for next week. Yeah. That was great. I enjoyed myself. Um am I alone in my <laughs> praise? Do you share my assessment? I, I hope so cuz I thought this was a really good episode and so with that being said Andrew, we have a backlog of a ton of really good episodes at, at least I like to think not to toot my own horn which I definitely got to get a horn now just to like little toot even though that would be a little dynamic banter that would that would be pretty funny i don't want to toot my own horn but yeah but uh where can the people find us and interact with us and keep up to date with all that it is in our newfound pledge to stop this show doesn't want to die and god damn it we're not going to let it die so where can the people help (laughs) us keep uh, nursing this thing back to full health if you will well Chris, I'm glad you asked. If you're here watching us on YouTube, then it really helps us out if you subscribe and like and hit the bell and all of that stuff. Even honestly, I dare you to share it somewhere with one person at least, just anywhere. I'm Do daring it. you. So Do if you're not a complete wimp, you'll share it. Anyway, if you're not watching it, 
you could listen on all of the DSPs, aka digital streaming platforms, that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, you know, all of those ones that have podcasts on there. We're there, probably. I'm sure there's a couple I haven't heard of. There's probably a lot I haven't heard of, but we're on almost all of them. Check us out. Subscribe, like us. Listen, if you're on a site that lets you rate us, preferably five stars, because like... Listen, if not for the content, just for the vitality that you guys have given the show, because like Chris said, like we pretty much like went on a weekend trip without feeding the goldfish, the goldfish being the show. And this goldfish was just like, bitch, I eat with filter food or something. I don't know, but I'm still alive. And we're like, great, because yeah. we love you. We're sorry. By the way, so, we always feed our fish. Always feed your fish. We always feed our fish. Honestly, I'm so good at feeding my fish that when I was seven, my fish died of constipation. That's how well fed they were. So that's almost like another issue, but that's good at least. Yeah. So everything Andrew said, guys, <laughs> we appreciate the support. Again, that is at Talking Podcast, Talking spelled T A L K I N, no G, but OGs allowed and everyone else because we don't want to put you in a box. You define yourself. And no one else. And, you know, I also have another show, guys, called Talking TV. He does. I've been on two episodes. Andrew's been on two episodes. You guys can uh, check it out anywhere that you like on all the major DSPs and as well on YouTube. Andrew's going to be co-hosting a monthly show that will be collaborating between both of our shows and here on the Talking Network called No NPCs uh, Allowed, which is basically a show where Andrew and I uh, share our love for video games and their effect on pop culture. And of course, the first episode where we're debuting Andrew as the official co-host is going to be... This is how much I love video games, all right? He's got on my desk. We're going to be talking about horror games, and it's going to be next week on the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support. Um, The main goal is to grow the YouTube channel. I know a lot of you guys listen on audio, uh, and we do appreciate that, and we're not saying stop. But if you want to see your boys succeed, well, YouTube is a little more generous in the amount of money that they give to creators once they build something up. And uh, that's the plan yeah, here. Listen, all up. you have to do, listen, we're not saying you have to watch us because, like, I get it. You just listened. Why would you watch the same episode you just listened to? I get it. But what you can do is go to your browser, put it on, hit you know the volume all the way to zero, and go to sleep. Yeah. Either <laughs> you, don't way, have, you don't even have to look at the screen. Right. Either way, like I always say, people think I'm kidding. It's actually true. There are legitimately hundreds of listens each week. And so that is why we will not Listen, let the show die. It's so, hard for me to believe it, but I, uh, Chris doesn't lie to me like that, you know? No, it's ridiculous, actually. And it's humbling. And so thank you yeah. guys for being here. We appreciate all the support, as always. Uh, and we see you. We see you. New episodes every Monday. But also talk to us. We want to hear from you. Right. Hit up the IG, Facebook, Twitter. Hit up up our personals, too. Yeah, exactly. Our personals right on screen. Anyways, uh, Andrew, do you have like a final message for the people tonight? Um, Go watch Over the Garden Wall and try to find my Halloween playlist on Spotify because I'm really proud of it. And stay sweet. And And stay sweet. Stay sweet, guys. 
<laughs> All right, guys, there you have it. Yet another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And we just want to take a moment here to thank you guys so much for all the support you've shown this show. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, but this show is 100% creator-owned and creator-run, and quite literally, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, the fact that you guys keep coming back week in and week out is not only humbling, but it's inspiring, and, and it's a reason why we will continue to deliver upon our promise to bring you content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so all we ask for you guys to do in support of this show, for free, mind you, is please head over to youtube.com slash talking with Andrew and Chris. Please click that subscribe button. For whatever video you choose to listen to, click that thumbs up. It would really help out us grow the channel. And most importantly, turn on that bell to get notified every time we post content. Again, that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube at 2 p.m. And of course, on audio. You guys can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. That is Talking with Andrew and Chris. And all we ask you to do on those platforms is please click the follow button, the subscribe button, leave a review, preferably five stars. Whatever the platform allows you to do, if you could throw us a little support, that would really mean the world and help us keep growing this show. Once again, guys, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for the support. Stay sweet. And we'll see you in the next episode.